Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on education journalist, former STEM administrator, Tony Kinnett. Tony, how are you? Absolutely stellar, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, really good. We'll get into some stuff locally here that happened. Just kind of your big picture thoughts on what's happening nationwide uh, with the election yesterday and the midterm races. Any surprises? Anything that makes you say, Ooh, well, that's that's interesting. What do you think? Well, uh, on the national scale, if you remember the last couple of weeks, everyone's been talking red wave and red tsunami, and I was a little harder to convince. Yep. And that was because I didn't think that a lot of the Senate uh, candidates were really something to write home about, especially with Oz. I mean, I think actually I pointed this out on Twitter. The very first time I co-hosted with you, Nigel, I was like, I think that Oz is like a big goober. I don't know if he's going to pull out votes. I mean, yeah, Fetterman's a vegetable. I was going to say, is is Fetterman any better? (laughs) No. That's how bad bad Oz is. Fetterman. Uh, I don't, it's just, it's one of those things, if you can't get people out to vote for you, it doesn't matter. Right. Tony, tell me if you agree with this or not, because we've been talking about this Pennsylvania election. Yes, your choices here were two total turds, but I think the voters in Pennsylvania said, at least Fetterman's our turd. They didn't associate Dr. Oz with being one of them. They thought this was a New Jersey guy. And if the Fetterman camp did anything right, those commercials where they were calling him New Jersey's uh, Dr. Oz, I think those had a pretty, pretty strong effect on some voters. I think so, too. Look, Fetterman has been a progressive, uh, at least a sweetheart in that way, for several years. Oz comes out of nowhere, snags a Trump endorsement to win the primary, total disaster. And that's what we really saw across the country, is that the era of Trumpism is over. It is. It, he's done. He, I'm seriously, oh. I mean this very succinctly. If Trump comes out and announces on Tuesday that he's running for the presidency, he's extra done. And I mean, like, wins less than 20 percent of the primary vote. I don't think so. This is easily DeSantis' party now, and not because he went after it. It was thrust upon him. And Florida is the only state. I mean, I know people are talking about Arkansas and Texas, but Florida is the only state in which tremendous gains were made. Flipping Miami-Dade is a key factor that you need to be not just good on culture stuff. You don't just need to be good on the economy. You have to be good on both, and you have to be articulate and competent when you discuss them. All right, so let me back up just a little bit, because I do want to get into these school board races here in Indiana. But you said Trumpism is dead. Is Trump... Trumpism dead, or is Donald Trump, the political candidate, dead? Because some would argue Ron DeSantis has a lot of the same uh, points of view as Donald Trump does, and he will run on those points of view, but there's no baggage with Ron DeSantis. Is it the politics, or is it the guy? So I think a lot of people are equating Trumpism with being literate and punching on social and cultural issues. I disagree. I think that Donald Trump being an outsider did a lot of really great things in 2016, but I do not think that Trumpism and running on social issues 
uh, running against, like, for example, the racism and a lot of the sexualization in schools would, would be considered a Trumpist issue in 2016. But now it's simply considered the conservative or libertarian approach to social issues. I don't think that those two things are the same anymore. I think that Donald Trump has made a lot of his campaigns running on every election is, is stolen, on calling DeSantis de sanctimonious yeah. the day before the election. I mean, it was just inappropriate. And at this point, it's it's really just sad. I just think he should go retire and kind of be the Monday morning quarterback and, and just kind of comment on things from afar. But he's not going to. And he's really stripped away a lot of his credibility. Uh, and I think at this point, really, I really believe that DeSantis will end up being like George Washington. And here's what I mean, because it's a strong statement. I think DeSantis does not necessarily want to run right now, but he is going to be begged and asked by the majority of the Republican Party to run in 2024, and that's how we're going to end up with what will be our next Reagan, which is Ron DeSantis. Tony Kennett joining us, a longtime educator here in Indiana. So let's get into some of these school board races here. Uh, This was, I think, a rough night for folks who did not want a lot of the woke bullcrap in their schools. It was in Zionsville. This was a rough night for those who wanted uh, some common sense on their school board. Take us through what happened. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I I see a little bit of that, but I saw a general referendum on competent school board candidates. So we saw some really interesting stuff. So in Carmel, the races were very, very close. Uh, We saw one of the conservative GOP backed candidates squeak it out just at the last minute. The other two were within a thousand, two thousand votes of each other. Zionsville split the ballot down the middle. It was a rough evening over there. But to be fair, Kiefer didn't do himself any favors in the last couple of weeks leading towards that. And then you have uh, Brownsburg, which was a total disaster uh, that I really at this moment, I've heard it attributed to funding. I'm not really sure if I agree on that one, because in Hamilton Southeastern, we saw the exact opposite. Hamilton Southeastern, which is where I've spent the majority of my time in this election cycle, as you both are very well aware, all four candidates destroyed their opponents that were backed by the Indiana State Teachers Association. The conservative Republican-backed, the parent-backed candidates, all four demolished the other candidate. It wasn't even close. And I believe in, in this case it's because those candidates articulated exactly what parents were concerned about, and they didn't stick to buzzwords. And unfortunately, with one of the Noblesville candidates, with some of the other candidates around that lost, it was just buzzword after buzzword, and that just doesn't bring out the voters, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned the split vote, like in Zionsville. I feel like there were other factors, too. I mean, I think popularity – like like Valentine and Berg have older kids. They've been in the community for a lot longer. Right. So I'm not sure how this radical Powell, how she even wound up on there. Valentine is way out of her league, completely lost at the, the Canada Forum. It just seems like the pro-curriculum, pro-student, pro-parent candidates weren't a factor in Zionsville. So here I think is where the good news comes in and what we take away from this. And what we take away is now we can actually sit back and we can watch Carmel and we can watch Brownsburg in comparison to Hamilton Southeastern over the next four years. We have the conservative slate school board candidates in HSE versus the liberal school board in Brownsburg. Let's see how they compete. Let's actually see who was right in their conversation. And number two, just because you have heart, 
Just because you want to see change does not mean you're qualified to run for office. And that's a hard thing to hear. But we did see a lot of candidates who really meant well. I want to stop this in the schools. I want to stop this. And they came out and the voters asked hard questions and they weren't able to answer them. We saw that on both sides. And it wasn't just the Republicans getting shellacked in some of those races last night. Uh, We saw the Indiana State Teachers Association put $4,700 against Tiffany Pascoe in her district in the last couple of days. Tiffany Pascoe obliterated all of her other opponents. I mean, it, it was incredible to watch some of these elections last night. I definitely think the school choice and the pro parents movements are heading forward. And that's actually what I'm speaking about at IUPUI tomorrow night. So, Tony, let's talk about Brownsburg. How did this little town in Hendricks County become such such a bastion of liberal lunatics on the school board here? How did this happen? I think it's a referendum on Rob Kendall. <laughs> it's a backlash. <laughs> it's a backlash. <laughs> I met with Tiffany. I met with David. I thought Tiffany was a very brilliant candidate. I think that David was a solid choice as well. I think that what really got them in this election was just a massive push from the ISTA that ran largely unopposed by local Republicans. Uh, it's a it's a very interesting community setup over there. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Brownsburg. I, I never have been. Um, And I think that in this election, in the last couple of years, what we've seen in the school data is they are able on the left to run on, hey, we're the number one school in the state. And it's that kind of status quo for them that works. It's very hard to argue against a school that is performing academically at the highest level in Indiana's public school systems on a lot of different measurements. And so you can kind of say, yeah, well, there's a lot of woke garbage. Yeah, there's a lot of issues of racism and that. But we are academically performing at the highest. So I don't, as a parent, really see the need for change. And we're going to have to see if that was worth the trade-off over the next couple of years. Where are you speaking again tomorrow night? Indiana University, uh, Purdue University, Indianapolis, IUPUI at 730. You can find the uh, information on social media across the interwebs. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the state of public schools and the 2022 midterms and where we go from here. And how can people get a hold of you, Tony? You can find me on Twitter at thetonus. And uh, really, that's the best place. Uh, you can find other things over on Facebook. Of course, you can head over to chalkboardreview.com, find a few things over there. Uh, and, uh, of course, you can always find me in the free rent space provided by all of the Indiana progressives. <laughs> Tony Kennett, my man, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.